0: All right, all right. Let me explain what's going on here. (laughs) This is Stage Banter, which is a weekly songwriting discussion show that I started 35 weeks ago now, as you can tell by the episode, where I invite my favorite songwriters to come onto the show. The reason I'm out of breath is because I just ran my second phone upstairs, the one I'm recording this room with, so know that this room is recorded. I usually do this show on IG Live, but I thought to bring it over here on Clubhouse because y'all can listen to the interview without giving up your phone for the entire time. Connections better. And I'll be able to put these interviews as podcasts uh, a lot more seamlessly and, you know, audio first over on Spotify, which I think is going to be a really cool thing for um, both me and the artists. Because if you like the music or the interview, you can go right to the artist page right on Spotify. How's my volume sounding, Ryan? And how are you, man? I'm good, bro. Volume sounds
1: awesome. That's such a cool idea. I didn't even think of the reason to move it to clubhouse but that sounds awesome like the whole thing so thanks for rocking with me last week or uh, two weeks
0: ago i have bell but i didn't realize when i screen recorded that i wasn't picking up my sound so it just has bell speaking to absolutely no one. Um, so unfortunately <laughs> it's a lost episode, but, uh, it'll be the second one cause I lost the mini trees interview too, but it's just a reason for them to come back on the show. But yeah, I've been doing this for some time now. I've had some amazing artists. I came across Ryan in a different clubhouse room actually, which this app has been a really, really cool way for me to discover new music. I feel like I'm listening to a lot of more like up and coming artists than like the mainstream shit. Now that I'm listening and really meeting these people and having conversations. So, um, Thank you so much, Ryan, for being here, bro. Thank you for having me a couple of uh, scheduling <laughs> situations, but oh, we absolutely. Have a couple of me down. trying to like walk and chew gum at the same time and just <laughs> missing that. I only do the show on Tuesday and booked you on a Monday. So we got <laughs> this though, and we're here and we made it fucking happen all bit two weeks too late, but I can't wait to ask you some questions. So you put 48 hours in Port Huneme out in the world 2020. What was it like to release that record? Man,
1: I think like during a pandemic, I think the thing that I took from it was just to lock down and create more. And I think it was so cool because right before that, I was like writing for everyone else. And, you know, once they cut off seeing people, it was just like, what can you do? And so the thing that I did was write for myself and I've been working on it for a while. So once the shutdown happened, I just buckled in and I was like, okay, I'm going to finish this record. and finished putting it out and you know writing for it and then everything just started coming together one by one with all the songs and the story and then next thing you know 48 hours in of writing was out and then here we are
0: <laughs> yeah so do you do a fair amount of writing for other artists and then kind of decided that these are more reflective of you as an artist
1: and, and kept them kind of close to your chest yeah so actually i got signed as a songwriter first so i'm currently uh-huh. signed to julia michael's manager becca tischker and they're Publishing company Wide-Eyed, which is a division under Pulse. So I had been writing for a bunch of artists. I was lucky enough to write phases by the band pretty much. I've done some K-pop stuff. I've done some stuff like some demos, like for the weekend that he cut but never put it out. You know, one day. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, just takes that. And all it takes is that one. And yeah, I just kind of been like running the ropes, just writing for others, and then it's fun. It's more of like a therapy session, so I never really have a problem like separating the artist from the songwriter because usually when i'm in songwriter mode i'm writing for that artist so like i don't really talk about myself i'm more there to translate how they're feeling into a record
0: absolutely absolutely when you're in these sessions with another artist do you like to kind of talk about what's going on in their lives first and
1: do you have that kind of same reflection when you're writing your own music yeah i kind of like would much more prefer to go that way just to kind of walk in a room and like be like instead of saying like let's just write a great song you know so tell me how's your day and like you know what 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 did you do today like you know what's been bothering you what's been making you happy let's you know let's dive into that so that way it becomes more personal and then they're more likely to sit with it bond with it and you know want to share it with the world because it's a piece of them versus like you know a generic hit
0: absolutely i was actually fortunate enough my first co-write I was with an artist named Kylie Odetta, and that's how she started it off. And that's been my kind of model. I haven't really started a co write off in a different way, but it's interesting to hear that. Have you been in rooms where you kind of walk in and you guys are just like, we need to write a hit, but no one's really discussing the
1: kind of substance behind it? i think yeah when i write for the social media guys <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the social media artists kids they don't really care they just want to hit they want they, something they 15 like 15 seconds of absolute mm-hmm. joy yeah they'll take literally a 15 second song if it's hot enough <laughs> like that's like, so all they mean is that snippet so that's kind of where that is. but the artists they kind of know they they want that piece of them shown you know so it's it's a give and take there
0: Songs like Five Months Since Our Breakup are a lot deeper than the old 15 second TikTok track, even though I'm sure it would pop on TikTok. How do you approach vulnerability in your songwriting when titling something so blunt like this?
1: Five years since our breakup. I think those kind of moments are just me being too aware of my surroundings and being too aware of what's happening in my life. And before I even wrote that song, I just remember like literally giving, getting on my phone and that damn Snapchat memories thing just pops up and then you see something and you're like, oh, wow, it's really been like five years since I did this. And then I'm looking and then I just kind of was like, oh, man, it's five years since I break up. And I just remember going, to the Instagram and seeing that they're married now and like they got everything that they wanted. I'm just like, fuck you. (laughs) I'm still blocked. Okay. I get it. Whatever. So then I just kind of came back and then like wrote my feelings down about it. And, and, and it's kind of like a sarcastic, and I hope you find some friends that'll love you like I did. And, you know, just kind of like, and I hope everyone around you is giving you everything that you need and I want the best for you. But in reality, I'm like, I hope, you know, that you miss me a little, like, yeah. just something like, I hope you come to my Instagram and think about unblocking me, but you know, who knows?
0: Or maybe like just one flat tire once in a while, just a really minor inconvenience that just isn't terrible. <laughs> once in a while. Just once in a while. You grew up in Arkansas, is that correct?
1: Yeah, River Boy. River Boy. What effect do you think the South had on your music? I think I know great country music. (laughs) I think like once I stepped away from the South and I realized that most of the rest of the world hates country music, I was just always so confused because I'm like, what the hell are you listening to? And then, you know, they would say certain names and I'd be like, oh, (laughs) okay. Okay." And then I would try my best to kind of educate them and show them some great music. But I think like that, Along with staying up to date, because unfortunately, but where I'm from, our radios in our city is so far behind. They're still playing Apple Bottom Jeans, like Low by Florida, <laughs> right, like it's like the number one uh, What
0: was it? It's Crazy by Narles Barkley. Yeah, so be, yeah. So this would be a country station, but that's just like the last <laughs> radio hit, huge, huge radio hit that I can think of. It's
1: super dated yeah they just now are starting to get to you know the reputation era by taylor swift like it's it's <laughs> it's that far behind you know it's like no one throwback station it literally is but no one really cares because they just like it's like a weird circle thing that they're just like oh okay well i know when i get in the car this is gonna play like you know like i know this is this, this song makes me feel good so they're gonna keep it in rotation you know it's that kind of thing and i remember like seeing other cities they would have their fairs and you know those big statewide fairs and they would bring in artists and everyone would get so excited and I just remember every time it was time for our fair and they would bring an artist the artist would be so dated like <laughs> it's just like they were hot like five years ago like you know and it's just like would not make any sense. And I just would always wonder, but every time it would sell out because it's just like that, that local, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was, one of those things. And I, I remember when like Fetty Wap was like really Dude, big in 2015. I was going to
0: say Fetty Wap as like the person who they probably had. That's so funny.
1: No, they would bring, they probably would bring him now, which is so yeah. funny. But like in 2015, when he was really hot, I just kept wanting Fetty Wap. And I remember them like bringing this R&B group called 112. And like pretty Ricky. (laughs) But again, of course, it's sold out, but you know, whatever. But I just kind of keep that in mind, you know, just to kind of remind myself to stay current and like not get caught in the times and that type of stuff.
0: It's a really interesting background and way to kind of take that the surroundings that you had. I was expecting more of like a musical influence, but you touch on the fact that the radio is so dated down there that it pushes you to learn new things and access new music. That's really interesting. I want to ask you a little bit about, you mentioned earlier that album is actually a story, or at least as you were compiling songs, you heard a story or a thread throughout them. When did you kind of notice that the songs that were you were writing were going to be a continuous record, or did you set out to make that in the first place?
1: Yeah, if there's one thing you should take away from my music is that I break up a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, when I, I had this like really, really weird traumatic breakup, and I actually went to Port Wainini, It's a city oh, that's like an hour away from LA, and it's wow, like this I'm beautiful. I want that so badly. It's, it's so okay, beautiful. everyone <laughs> does. <laughs> and uh, it's like the city that's like an hour away. And I kind of I went there to have a date, and then it ended up turning into like something completely more weird and crazy. And then like, I just realized that like, I'm still hurting from this relationship, but now I'm carrying some like baggage that I'm not trying to, but I am currently giving that baggage to another person that they're going to have to carry because like, I wasn't ready to man up and commit to this new relationship. So, you know, I was just lying and trying to maneuver through it and I did the wrong thing. And then by the time that I like you know, realize what I was doing and like, you know, ready to be like, it's wrong. It was too late. And then like seeing somebody else hurt after you were hurt is so much more, you know, hardening for you because like, I wasn't trying to set out to do that, but then it ended up happening. And now I got to deal with that consequences of my actions for not being, you know, properly healed. So that kind of starts the story. And it's just really just one big, long story about my time there and like what happened post there. And if you check out the album, I have like some surprise phone calls from some of my favorite voice actors. I love Avatar The Last Airbender. So I was lucky to get the Fire Nation because I'm a fire sign. So I had the voice actor for Azula and Zuko and um, Uncle Iro. They all left me cool voice notes and voicemails and phone calls. And I also got Tara Strong, Harley Quinn, like the voice yeah. of Jimmy Turner and all that. And those people like represent like my actual friends trying to get a hold of me <laughs> while I was in Port Waunee. And um, the dialogue between all of them was just so spot on and it just helps, you know, push the story through. That's
0: fascinating. I had a question written to ask you about the voice memos, but it is a continuation of the story. And I actually thought there were samples, but you're telling me those are real voice actors that gave you a ring.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and that was a cool thing. That was like unexpected, but because of the pandemic it happened, it was like I reached out to one of them on social media and then I pretty much kept telling them the same story hey, I got such and such to do this. It would be so cool if you did this. And they would be like, oh, such and such is involved. I'm totally down. And like, they obviously don't communicate with each other because that's just kind of how the circle went until they all sent something because they all thought they all were doing it. And then it just kind of (laughs) became this like cool little thing that I just decided to run with. And then it was like turned out into that. It was really interesting to listen to and it works
0: really well in the continuity of the record. So definitely a a cool little Easter egg or something that I feel like you'd only get if you explain that or ask the question. Yeah. The album is an awesome playthrough. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about pushing your limits as, as a vulnerable songwriter. I know I asked you a little bit about vulnerability, but do you have a relationship with like toxicity also? Because there's, I almost let my boys rob you. And then you even say that you're a little bit toxic in the song. "Ho." do you like kind of like pushing the boundaries and really letting yourself all be out there? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing with that is like, again, it's so, it's such a, it's all part of the, the story. But I think once I got to the point of, you know, being healed and like, you know, just ready to move on, it's this thing called a reflection period that I feel like, you know, everyone goes through. And that was me like reflecting on some of the things that I was doing. And sometimes I think it's okay to be who you want to be. And like, I feel like I love the fact that I'm a hoe, but (laughs) I'm a respectable hoe. Like I will tell you exactly my intentions now. And I'll tell you exactly like how I feel and like what I do and respect you and be like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm just letting you know, like, I'm a hoe. Like, this is like, you know, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to do that to you, but, you know, hey, you know, whatever. Moving on. But also, like I said, I the Arkansas thing and the, the Robbie record is like me trying to respect my own self and not be such a pushover. And I just come from such a different type of background where everyone around me and myself included was just on some like, you know, just hood rat shit you know just doing bad shit because we could and we were kids and we were in the middle of nowhere and no one cared and i just remember having some friends come to la and la is a a different game and then i (laughs) it's so much different out here than anywhere else especially from small town places where you're so used to having that confrontation where everyone is like oh he has a problem with you you guys go in the backyard and handle it. You know, <laughs> this yeah, is not yeah. a
0: thing here. You guys your designated beef circle, <laughs> fight circle.
1: And- <laughs> exactly. And that is not a thing out here. And I've learned that, I've adapted, and I understand that it's a very mammoth-like, like, you know, like caveman-like, and I just like, don't do it. But unfortunately, some of my friends who've never been out here, came out here and there was an encounter at a party and then just came between this thing of like, yo, I had to tell them like, yo, we don't do that anymore. We don't do that out here. This is not how that goes. And, and I feel like sometimes because LA is such a bubble that people kind of can get wrapped in their own world and they don't understand how much danger they're in. (laughs) And so like, you know, especially when they're like, People from outside that really don't have anything to lose sometimes, you know, can get like very twisted and like, you know, different. And I'm just like, nah, we're on a positive vibe. Like, this now we it. Like, we eat kale, like, calm down. Like, <laughs> like you know, that type
0: it's of Matt stuff. It's not green out here. Everyone's yeah. so Like, yeah. It's I'd magic. Say, <laughs> how have you kept yourself, you know, true to yourself when you moved so far away from your hometown into a place that really is a bubble of, people from all over the world who are all kind of sharing that similar la like we're trying to make it and we do
1: everything vibe yeah honestly i think that was like the birth of the Riverboy thing when i came out here and i was like finally in the place that everybody wanted to be and i would look up and i would see people like repping like canada or they would like rep like you know new york or like you know just all these different places and i'm like yo home is really where you take it like you know like you don't have to come here and like people you don't have to come here and lose who you are, so to speak. So, my friends, my closest friends back home, we, you know, started calling ourselves like River Boy because there's a big river that goes through Arkansas, multiple, but the biggest one is obviously the Arkansas River. The Mississippi River runs through there, and it's just like, you know, so much water. And rivers are everywhere. Anybody can relate to that. So we just like, you know, started calling ourselves like River Boys, like right out of high school, and it was just like our thing, and it became our thing, and like, you know, the house logo that we do. And yeah, we just call all of our friends and, you know, fans, whatever we call them river boys, river girls, river people, whatever you identify as, you know, we just like, you know, keeping that together. So that's kind of what kept me grounded and not to get lost in the sauce that is L.A.
0: That's really interesting. It's great insight too into your brand. Is this something that you publish on your merchandise? Also, this is like the river boy brand.
1: Yeah, you know, I I see like my favorite I'm such a brand geek, so my favorite brands like the OVO brand or like the Young Money brand or whatever. So it's like, you know, I do the Riverboy Apparel, I do like the Riverboy music group. That's actually my publishing company that I got to partner up with Rock Nation back in December. So like it's me, Rock Nation and then also my publishing company with Becca Tishker, you know, so it's all through like my franchise Riverboy music group. So, you know, that's kind of how I've been pushing it. I
0: think it's great that you got to represent your new life or your established life now as an adult with the brand of Riverboy and, and, you know, who you came from as a kid. That's a really cool tie in together.
1: Yeah. I studied the game and I noticed that that's a big part of it. (laughs) Just, you know, having that thing that you identify with.
0: Absolutely. I'm going to break really quick, just reset the room for a second. This is Stage Banter. Uh, this is a weekly songwriting discussion show where I interview my favorite songwriters about their backgrounds, processes, lyrics, all that great stuff. We used to do it on IG Live. Now we're on Clubhouse. These will be recorded and put on Spotify if I did everything correctly. But Ryan Bisco is here tonight. Uh, he's become one of my favorite songwriters. I've been listening to his record Left and Right. I really like Ho. I really like, I really like uh, you know, the message and everything in it. I really like today I almost let my boys rob you. Also, I think these are awesome and vulnerable songs. So thanks so much to the audience for rocking with us tonight and listening to this awesome interview. I really appreciate your time, Ryan, as well. Thanks for being here, man.
1: Bro, thank you for having me. I'm excited to dive in more.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to talk to you about that last line in I almost let my boys rob you, which I think is the... Is the correct? Yeah, absolutely. You got long titles, man. Sometimes I know. A little bit. You're like the you're like the rap game panic of the disco. I
1: know, bro. What's worse is like my veins will literally be like. Ryan's the type to name a song. Let's go to the moon and never come back, and never mention any of those words in the song. So <laughs> I'm sorry if it works. Okay, if do. it works, it works. No, and you do yeah, at least you you definitely do mention these. But at,
0: at any rate, at the last line of that song, I look at God and ask if I'm the problem. He said, Look, you trip in, I made you process what you promised. Can you break that line down for us and maybe give yeah. a look at the context around it for people who haven't heard the song?
1: Yeah. So today I almost in my boys rob you is uh, pretty much like a decision of making, do you result to the old you or do you continue to strive on this new road? And sometimes when you're trying to be the better person, you get obstacles in your way that you don't expect. And then sometimes you, it has you thinking like, damn, like what am I doing wrong? At that last line, when I said every day I asked God, look, at my other problem? That was just me like coming into terms of why do I keep running into situations that I feel like are here to destroy me? And like, I don't understand why. And and then the response is he said, you trip and I just made you process what you promised. And that was just like, oh, you said that you wanted to do this. And I said, it's not going to be easy, but I said it will be doable. I never said it would be easy i said it would be doable and that's what you promised and that's what i said so is this what you want to do i ask you again and here's what you're gonna have to go through and you're gonna have to get smarter and you're gonna have to work better and you're gonna have to maneuver smoother and that was just kind of that moment when i'm with my homies and i'm like do i let them do this and like let teach a lesson of oh you can do whatever you want or do i educate them and say no this is not what we're on we're better than this they're not even worth it unless they're paying us like you like they can't even get a response unless mm-hmm. the cash app is involved <laughs> that's how like you know it is and it's so much easier to just be like all right let's just get this fool like it's some of the rush the adrenaline but it's so much better and refreshing when you're like no you don't deserve this response and they definitely aren't even worthy enough to get robbed because they don't got anything you know <laughs> so it's just let's just leave it alone and uh that's kind of what that you know, moment was for me, just like a true moment of I am not that person. And like, you know, that was when I was a child, I thought as a child. But, you know, when I became a man, I put my childish ways behind me. So that's kind of where that came from.
0: Does writing the song help you kind of maintain that accountability? Because this was one night that, you know, people were trying you and your friends. Yeah. But there's probably a lot of nights where people get a little bit of headstrong and you have to kind of keep this mentality of we're better than this and I can't go down a path that'll, you know, get me in trouble and get me into something stupid when I have this future. Does the song kind of act as an affirmation to you?
1: Yeah. And I think more of an affirmation to like my friends <laughs> to let them know like, yo, we're not on this wave. We don't have to be on this wave. There's no need for us to be on this wave. There's nothing that anyone can say that is worth losing your future, that is worth losing the bag, opportunity to work with people, build your- There's just nothing that anyone can verbally say to you at all and the key thing is just like everything that everybody does it's just words off your back and the skin gets thicker and the bag gets bigger so that's kind of how i was telling them the more that you're able to just kind of smile and nod you know the easier it gets because honestly people just say stuff to you so they could get under your skin but when they can't they just go away it's literally it's the weirdest thing like the second they realize that nothing they say affects you then they just become fans like it's the weird <laughs> you'd be like oh, i can't stand that guy and they're like oh what he doesn't not care okay well hold on wait a second it's kind of I... hard though <laughs> yeah. this last song was actually kind of cool like i'll yeah. give it to him you know he can make one good song you know? <laughs> but, yeah it becomes one of those things but um yeah no nah, I, I think it's a cool thing and also there are other people that aren't where i'm from that experience the same situation where they really want to be great, but sometimes they get put with these things where they feel like they have to respond and retaliate. And I'm like, nah, you don't because you focus on the big picture and you focus on the brighter things ahead of you. And it always will pay out like every time. And karma comes around every single time.
0: Were your friends receptive to the message in that song? Were they like, yeah, but also
1: (laughs) in person? No, absolutely not. (laughs) Like, no, in person, when it was happening, Absolutely not. They were like, "Oh, you changed." <laughs> like, you got that. It felt like a movie, you know. the The kid goes off to the the high school or you know something. He comes back and they're like, "Yo, you're still with?" And you're like, "Nah." And you're like, "Oh, you changed." But I think after I explained to them what this whole journey is about and what this whole thing is, and they kind of came around and was like, "Oh, okay." this makes sense. Like, I get why we didn't do this. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Now you understand why we don't do this and why we can't do this because we have so much more ahead than any of this shit. Like I promise, you know? And then I explained like the LA thing. Unfortunately, there's just a lot of people when the world was open that would go to these parties to do the whole Instagram flex, but they really don't have anything. And like nine times out of the 10, the, the person that's, you know, flexing with the car and the clothes or whatever, it's like, really staying with like 20 people in, one, in a one-bedroom apartment and like it, it's just like they don't have any money and like they don't know when the next meal is coming and like you know those are the ones that are really hurt that look to like bully people <laughs> and, and I think that's kind of again they get caught up in that and it turns into this whole shenanigans and you know all that stuff but for the most part they they've come around a lot. You worked with a lot of
0: different producers on this record can you explain how you built this team and how you go about finding the right producer to make
1: the records? Yeah, it's all about the connection, man, because I think I could have tapped in with like a lot of people. But I think this thing was like, I just love making music with my friends. I love making music, but like I love making music with the people that I love even more because like we just put all of our, you know, soul into it. One of the producers on the album, his name is Garrett. He's in the the room right now. You know, it's fun. We get together. We know what we're doing it for. And it just kind of feels like such a great vibe and each one of them I've just all had a special relationship with and we've written songs for other people some of them some of them we've like cried together who <laughs> I've like you know flown across the country for one of them we've really all like stayed together and then one of the producers being myself you know I've tapped in on the production side too so you know I've just learned a lot from them and I continue to learn a lot and it just translates and it just makes for better songs because there's no egos. There's no like, oh, I did this or you didn't do this. It's just like, yo, let's just do this and let's make a great record. And, you know, everything always comes together.
0: So I was going to ask you a little bit about the the record creation process, because I wasn't sure if you had known these producers, or if these were beats that were sent to you. But it sounds like it was a really an organic process between yourself and the producers were you in the same room as them were you kind of building the song with yeah. you first
1: were you like where, where does a song begin with ryan Bisco? yeah every song was started from scratch which was like awesome yeah. like we started from scratch and we built it around and you know got, got it sent around i usually <laughs> so like the song i did with garrett actually was a complete freestyle he had the beat and he was like looping it and I literally set up my phone like on a video. I still have the video and I just rapped for like 30 minutes, just like freestyling, you know, just multiple verses and multiple hooks and just going and going and going. And then finally I was like, oh, I think I got something. And I just like took it from the freestyle and then just like put it on the, the record on the mic and then tuned it up a little bit. And then boom, that's how that one came. And then, uh, Damn. What some song of them- was that if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, that was PS2. Sweet. Yeah. So, PS. Listen
0: with that in mind.
1: Yeah. And the PS2 one, like, it was just such a fun thing. Like, we literally were just like in this studio, weird box thing, and he was like playing it. I literally just put up my phone and just started rapping to it. And then just, you know, that's just how it came out. And I was like, one of my favorite songs, like, literally still. Like, I will play that song any day. But yeah, so some of them start off like freestyles. Worst Way was a freestyle with a different producer named Alex and he's really like a big instrumentalist so he plays the keys and everything so on the second half of Worst Way I asked for that switch up because I'm like okay this is a cool fun song but it needs to you know have that story still so we just did that B section at the end of Worst Way which where it turns into a piano and then I'm rapping you know soft and singing a little bit about the experience of what Worst Way is about and yeah so they they all kind of come together differently but for the most part like i'm either starting with the loop and i'm just singing a lot or i'm i rarely come in with lyrics i really do just kind of do production and lyrics because for me it's not with everybody but for me i feel like if i come in with lyrics the production never matches the lyrics and i always like be like god dang it (laughs) like like this is not how it sounded in my head
0: (laughs) i've had that same I wouldn't call it a problem, but that same experience happened where I come in with like a verse I really, really like. And then the beat that's played just like, and it takes me a second. It takes like half an hour. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, wait, these aren't the same thing at all. And then you do find it. But I think it definitely helps to start with the vibe and the idea and then build the atmosphere around that foundation, essentially. I think it helps both in production and lyric writing.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Talk to me about the visual side of your artwork. We touched on a little bit before about the River Boy designs, but I know you keep the do rag on in your photos. It always is matching. You have different gloves you like to wear. Where does style come into your artistry?
1: I'm a huge fan of Busta Rhymes, and I'm also a huge fan of like Missy Elliott. So like watching them growing up, when like their visuals are always either very scary or very like creative. And I I just love that kind of signature look about the both of them. Also like, you know, seeing Nicki Minaj do her thing and like everything about her was so signature. You know what to do. And I'm like, you know, that was also part of the branding thing. And it's like a good person that has a great brand, they can dress up for you as Halloween. That's kind of what I always would think of when I would do music videos. I'm like, is this an outfit cool enough that would make someone want to dress up as it for Halloween? And like that's kind of how I built the Ryan brand, the Riverboy brand around it. Cause I just wanted to like do things that felt right to me, but also were still stand out. A lot of times, like uh, in a couple of videos, I repeated this like trash man jacket. Like I wore in like two videos straight where I'm like, you know, this is like telling a story. So it's like going from here to here. And then the Durac thing, honestly, it became, a, it was an accident. <laughs> I got a haircut and I absolutely hated it. And I didn't want to <laughs> get on camera with this haircut. But it was too late because the video was the same day as my haircut. <laughs> and it, it was just a lot. So I threw on the durag and I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is actually really fire. And then, you know, that took on a life of its own. But it actually came to me as an accident. The durag was not intentional at first. Did you ever,
0: did you ever tell the barber?
1: Oh, we don't speak anymore. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, that, that was the last time I saw that man. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> Remember, I told you I do a lot of bacon.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's actually what the entire record was about. It was about. <laughs> he yeah,
1: has so a couple funny. of songs on it. And dude,
0: what you said about dressing up for Halloween, like that is just fucking brilliant. That is a great way to encapsulate why visuals are so great as an artist. I started thinking about my own visuals and I was like, so someone would just throwing glasses and a corduroy jacket. I was like, ah, well, I'm gonna have to- <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that one. But I always look for the amazing tidbit of songwriter information during these shows. And there's obviously multiple, but that is such a helpful thing, I think, for a developing artist to hear about. Their visual aspect of their artistry It's just a succinct way to put it. Do you hope people dress up as you for Halloween?
1: Yeah, actually, I've had people do that. Hell (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Arkansas, man, I I love my city, man. Like, they're they're so supportive. And I got so lucky because usually the local scene, usually wherever you are, like, they're like, oh, everyone in my city hated me until I got on. But that was the complete opposite for me, and I, I like I was doing like sold out shows, and the bar was very low, honestly. So it's not like I had to jump through a bunch of hurdles other than like the fact of like being so young and trying to do all this stuff. But I was like literally, we had these two giant billboards in my hometown that they put my face on when I was doing like a show at their like performance center. It's like, bro, it was like very crazy, like honestly. And then like our local radio stations were like playing my music they still do and it's like it's like really well, they're cool playing your, like
0: their your first record your 2015 record they just they just got off. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly do you wait till they hear this
0: new shit bro it's wait till the, they hear
1: this new shit <laughs> exactly that so when like halloween comes or my birthday comes like i used to wear this outfit the 2015 era where i would like dress in all black and i had this black trench coat black jeans black shirt black boots and this black like long top hat that was kind of like old school vintagey like the undertaker kind of thing and people would start sending me pictures of them dressed up as me like for Halloween or, or like, you know, just a random day where they found a leather jacket and they're like, yo, I'm Ryan Busco today. And it'd just be like this cool thing that they would like snap me. It, it would be really fun. Yeah, it's
0: awesome. And it's only gonna grow as more people become aware of the brand and vibe with the brand. So I can't wait to see Halloween 2025 when there's just a- <laughs> Ryan Biscoe's fucking running around. It's gonna be awesome.
1: With their D-rags. Um,
0: <laughs> With their do rags. Well, thank you so much for your time, man, Ryan Bisco. This has been an awesome conversation. I really love your music, and I appreciate your time and being here tonight. And same with the audience. I have one more question, which I like to conclude the interviews on, and it is: What do you want your legacy as a songwriter to be?
1: Hmm. Honestly, honesty. I think a lot of people, when they write, they struggle with trying to be, you know, vulnerable or enough or give away enough and i just want people when they hear these songs that i've written or these songs by me they understand that it's a true reflection of my timeline and exactly what i'm going through and it's honestly an audio time capsule so if you want to know like how i was feeling in 2015 here it is if you want to know how i was feeling in 2020 here it is up until each reckon you know so if the last album came out in 20 like 18 or 19 here's what i'm feeling from 2019 to 2020 when you hear the new record you know and that's kind of how i honestly wanted to like come across just like very honest and just very intimate you know
0: well that definitely comes across to me as a new listener i'm excited to hear what's next from you actually i don't want to end it on that what is next for you if you can share if there is a what's next planned at the moment let us know
1: honestly more visuals one more music <laughs> i've been writing so much for just so many people and i'm so excited for those records to start coming out and just kind of like the river boy let the river flow take over you know i just everybody something's in the water so <laughs> when you just Absolutely. start seeing that river boy style just know i love you know?
0: it i love it so much uh, i can't wait to see what's next the sky is the limit for you ryan bisco thank you so much for your time and being here tonight
1: Thank you, Ross, for having me. I love stage banter. I actually watched—I think the last one or the the night I was supposed to be on—I actually watched that one. So if it was not last week, or it was the week before, but I just love the questions that you ask. I love the question or the conversation that you have with the artists. And I think you being an artist is so reflective, and it's like so good that you're able to you know carry the conversation with someone and like make them feel like you care.
0: Oh, man, it really means the world. And I hope that comes across because I do love this so much. And to nerd out and have these conversations with artists who are really my favorite, like there's no reason to have people on the show unless I really, really like them because the show is so self-serving for me. So it is, <laughs> it, is it is, awesome to uh, to hang out and chat. And I hope we can do this again. Feel free to come back whenever you're dropping new music.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Ross. All right, my friend. Let's talk soon. Peace.